you are constantly every day teaching people how to treat you. If people aren't respecting your boundaries, if they're constantly interrupting you, if they're sending you texts that say, I emailed you 10 minutes ago, why haven't you responded yet? It's because you taught them to treat you that way. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. Yikes. You basically trained them to treat you in a way that you don't like. Here's what I mean. So let me tell you about my friend. I have a friend who's, um, he's in his mid thirties. He's got two siblings and he and his siblings all live in the same little community near their mom. My friend's siblings have regular nine to five jobs. And my friend is a freelancer. So he controls his own time and he works really hard, right? Every time his mom needs something, who do you think she calls? She doesn't call the siblings who have regular jobs. She calls my friend, the freelancer. And he gets so frustrated. He's like, why doesn't my mom call my brothers? They can help her after they get off work. It's not an emergency. It's like she doesn't think my time is valuable. Yes, that's exactly it. She doesn't think his time is valuable because he's trained her to think that. He's trained her to believe that every time she picks up the phone and calls him, he will drop everything and go take care of whatever she needs because that's what he does. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and this is especially important for freelancers. As a freelancer myself, I started out as an author assistant. And as an author assistant, I took on multiple clients. And one of the things that I put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into right at the very beginning is what I called client training. And my clients did not know I was doing this, but it was a way of passively training them to understand that they weren't my only client, they weren't my most important client, and they weren't my top priority. And you might think like, oh my gosh, Mel, what a bad business decision, right? Wrong. What I was doing was I was setting future Mel up for success. Here's what I mean. One of the ways that I did this was I never told my clients I don't work on the weekends, but I just never replied to emails at night or on the weekends. And they all figured it out that I didn't work on the weekends. I did that. So A, they would know like, I'm not here for your emergency, whatever. It's not an emergency. Your newsletter is not an emergency. You knew yesterday you needed to send it. I'm not here for your emergency on Sunday night. And if I wanted to take a vacation, if future Mel wanted to take a weekend off, I didn't have to send out a special message that said, heads up, I know I'm normally around on Saturday and Sunday to take care of your needs, but this weekend I'm taking time off. It was just understood that I could have every weekend off, right? So you see, I was doing it as a favor for future Mel. So let's talk about you. 
right? We get all frustrated and we spin out and, and we get so annoyed with the way people treat us. We're like, oh, they just don't get it. If you're constantly getting text messages that say things like, I sent you an email or I sent you a DM and I haven't heard back yet. Or if your kid constantly interrupts you when you're trying to work on things, or if you close your door at the office and people just barge right in, like you didn't close your door. These are all signs that you're training people in a way that might not be working for you, especially if you're feeling frustrated about it. That's a big signal. We get all bent out of shape over the way people are treating us and we forget to acknowledge the role that we play. We might not have originally set the system up for how we're gonna be treated, but we're allowing it to perpetuate. Does that make sense? So let's talk about people training today because the greatest favor that you can do for future you is to train people to treat you the way you want to be treated, the way future you is going to want to be treated. So training level one, people training. We got to ask ourselves some questions. Of course we do because questions are my favorite. So people training, what are you teaching them? What do you need to teach them instead? And what do you need to do differently? What am I teaching them? What do I need to teach them instead? How is this different from what I need to be teaching them? And what do I need to do differently to get the lesson to sink in? Let me run through some examples, okay? First, let's talk about people of the internet because people of the internet are the easiest to train because you don't have to look them in their eyeballs as you train them, right? You don't have to look them in the face. So when it comes to messages, DMs, emails, texts, how fast are you responding? Do you understand that your response time is training them? Okay, so if you respond to, to emails and texts immediately, whether it's night, whether it's the weekend, whatever, you get the notification, you open it up and you respond. What are you teaching people? You're teaching them that they are your top priority that nothing is more important to you than answering that email. Think about if you reach over on your bedside table and pick up your phone first thing in the morning and you start going through and answering your emails. What are you teaching yourself? You're saying the people in my inbox, my emails are more important than my dental hygiene. They're more important than brushing my teeth. They're more important than eating breakfast. They're more important than my workout. The thing you do first is your top priority. So you're training them, but you're also training you. So what do you want to train them instead? This is a unique answer to you. I'm going to, I'm going to give an answer, but if you're feeling frustration, this is the part you have to come up with. What do I need to teach them instead? Well, for me, for this example, let's say that you want to teach them that they're important, but they're not on fire. One of the most helpful things somebody said to me was, no one in your inbox is on fire. Accurate, right? So if you want to teach them that they're important, but they're not on fire, then what are you going to have to do in your retraining? Slow down. <laughs> Train people that you are slow to respond to email and messages. What? Listen. If you teach them that you don't respond to everything within the hour, but you do always respond to everything, 
people will get used to whatever you train them. That's how this works. That's the magic of people training. So if you want to teach them that they're important, but not more important than your dental hygiene, slow your roll. You don't have to answer your messages the second you get out of bed in the morning. So let's talk about training people at work. Do you ever get frustrated because you feel like you're doing all the work and you're not getting enough help? But if you were to really look at things, you know that you jump on other people's tasks and just do them yourself because it's just it's just easier if I do it myself. Does that sound familiar, right? I was a very bad slash amazing team member when I was in high school because I would just do all the work. Just give it to me. I just want an A. None of you will do it as good as I'm going to do it. Just give it to me right? Everybody wanted to be on my team. Of course they did. When you do that at work or in high school, what are you teaching people? You're teaching them to just let you do it, right? They're, you're teaching them that they shouldn't even try. What do you want to teach them instead? You want to train people that you can accept help. Train them that you are okay with getting help. And what do you need to do differently in order for that to be the case? Well, you might literally have to do some actual training. If we're talking about a job, if we're talking about your team members, you might have to do some actual like training on how to do different parts of the job. You're also going to need to delegate. You're going to have to let things go and you're going to have to say, hey, person on my team, can you do this thing for me? Please and thank you. And then you have to let them do it. And this is um, a super tip. Let's call this a super tip. When I was an assistant and an author was bringing me onto their team, one of the most important things they could do was let me be part of the big picture. Make sure I was looped in on the big picture because if I was part of the emails with the publisher, with the cover artist, with the promo team, I could see things that I could take off the author's plate. So not only did they have um, not only were they able to delegate to me, I was also able to say, hey, I see you're trying to take care of that thing. I'm actually really good at that thing. Why don't you let me do it for you? And they might never have even thought of delegating it for me. Okay. Train people at work or in other areas of your life that you are willing to accept help. If you're ready to achieve your big dreams, it's time to join my DIY coaching program and accelerate your progress. What's that? You want to know how a coaching program can be do it yourself? I'll tell you how. A coach's job is to ask you questions and help you figure out what's going to work for you while also teaching you the methods for overcoming your roadblocks and creating a future you are going to love. There's no one size fits all solution. That's why I designed Unlock Your Five Star Future the way I did. I created eight weeks of video lessons to handle the teaching part and over 100 pages of worksheets to ask you all the right questions to help you uncover your potential, unlock your motivation, find your focus and achieve your dreams. It's all about you. The best part is, you can get started right now and work at your own pace. You'll pay once and get lifetime access. What are you waiting for? 
Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash unlock to join now and start living your version of your best life. Next example. Do you ever get frustrated with getting interrupted? Right? Do you ever get frustrated with getting interrupted? Let's say you are somewhere where you have your door closed and people are just constantly flinging open. Or, or maybe you're in your office and you don't even close the door ever. There might as well not be a door because you don't ever close it. You even tell people literally, my door is always open. I had a client who, a coaching client who had this issue at work. Her job was to manage a team and to deal with a lot of personnel issues and to be available for the team. But there were also parts of her job that she needed focus and concentration and quiet to get done. But she felt like her door had to always be open and people were constantly interrupting her because she had trained them that she was always available. If that's not what you want, then what do you want to train them? Do you want to teach them that they are important, but there are going to be times when you're in deep work mode and and they're just going to have to wait? If that's the case, and that was the case for this coaching client, she learned to start shutting her office door for an hour a day and putting a do not disturb sign on it. And in doing that, she was training her employees that you are important. Sometimes I'm going to be in deep work mode. My office door is not going to be closed all day. It's just going to be closed for a short period of time and you can wait. Right. And then she wasn't constantly being interrupted and she could get that work done. So train people, if you're going to close your door, Train people that a closed door means you are not available, right? How about this? Do you ever get frustrated uh, with people in your community or maybe people at your church or at your kid's school that they're always coming to you and asking you to volunteer? Do you feel like you're the person that they always go to and they're like, will you be on this team? Will you lead this project? Will you run this bake sale? Will you do this thing? And you're like, oh, you want to help, but also you like want to do other things with your life. Okay. But you feel like you're just mired in and you, and, and you just can't seem to get out of this loop. Let me ask you this. Do you always say yes when they come to you or some version of yes? If you do, then you're training them that you will always say yes. And if you have ever been in charge of getting volunteers for something, you know that you just want to go straight to the people that always say yes, because it is a difficult job to get volunteers. Please, will you do it? Please, please, please just get this off my plate, right? So they come to you and you say yes. Well, what if you want to train them something different? Let's say maybe you want to train them that that organization is important to you. You love to volunteer and help but you have to only do it once a month or once a quarter or whatever it is. You're gonna mentally decide this. What do you want to train them? It's up to you. Then you have to say, all right, well, what do I need to do differently? And if your answer is anything about wanting to do less, the thing you're gonna have to do differently is say no, right? You're gonna have to say no sometimes. And let me give you a brief lesson on how to say no. Here's how you say no. Somebody comes and asks you to do the thing 
and you say, thanks for thinking of me, but no thank you. Or you say, thanks so much. I appreciate that you thought of me. I'm going to have to pass. And that's it. That's it. You are unauthorized to say anything else. And here's why. When you add a reason to your no, this is the thing I have discovered. When you add a reason to your no, people use that as a, as a doorway opening to argue with you, right? If you say, no, thanks, I don't have time. They'll be happy to explain to you how little time the thing is actually going to take. Or if you say, I wouldn't really be comfortable with that level of responsibility, they're going to tell you how easy it's going to be. Or if you say, please don't say this one. If you say, I'll help you if you can't find anyone else. What do you think you're telling them? You're giving them permission to not even try to find anybody else. You're giving them permission to just uh, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll look for other volunteers, but actually um, they're not going to because you just told them you would do it if they couldn't find anyone else. So if you want to train people that your time is valuable, you got to learn to say no and say no in a way that sticks. Let's say, do you ever get frustrated uh, with your family? You know, with people in your house who are possibly getting in the way of you writing your book, okay? So let's say you want to take time to work on your book at home and you open up your laptop and you start writing and then your kid interrupts you and then your spouse interrupts you and then the dog interrupts you, right? How much writing do you get done? Not much. You're training them. What are you training them? Well, my, my writing isn't that important. That's why I do it right here in the middle of the kitchen where you can all easily interrupt me. What do you want to teach them instead? Well, your writing is important and you do need time and space to do it. So what do you need to do differently? Maybe you need to go into a room and shut a door, even if it's the bathroom. Maybe you need to get a set of headphones and you need to say, when the headphones are on, I'm writing, don't interrupt me. And that brings me to an important point. You might have to communicate out loud. You might have to say words. I'm going to go write my book for one hour. Do not open that door unless there is blood. And it had better be arterial blood like we got to go to the ER. If you want to make time for your writing, Train the people around you to respect that. Train your family to believe that your dream is valuable and it's worth chasing. It's worth putting effort towards. Do you see how saying, I'm going to write, I'm going to work on my book, please leave me alone. That's saying, I'm chasing a dream. I'm working on something that's important. I'm doing my job. I'm making a difference. You're saying all these things and then you're training them to go, we agree with you. Your writing is important. And you set everybody up to win. More family training. Let's talk about more family training. I work with a lot of women. And a lot of women are trying to get more time. And one of the things we inevitably talk about is how many responsibilities they have at home. Whether it's cooking or cleaning or cleaning out the litter box, taking care of the pets, walking the dogs. 
They have so many things to do and they struggle to make time for their dream. For setting up the Etsy store, or throwing on the pottery wheel, whatever it is. If you want to make more time, then one of the things you need to do is train your family to help you. Train your family to help you with the chores and take some of that off your plate. So if you're constantly doing everything, what are you teaching them? It's fine. I don't need your help. I'll just do it myself. Do it myself. If that's not what you want to train them, what do you need to to do differently? If you want to train them that you do need help and you will accept their help, you have to ask for it. You have to assign. You have kids, assign the chores, right? I was talking to a, a coaching client and she was like, oh yeah, but my kid just won't clean out the litter box as well as I would do it. Never mind the fact that I forget to do it, you know, every four days. Of course your kid won't clean it out as good as you do. That's gross. It's a gross job, but it will get done. Eventually you can train that kid so that it at least gets done to minimal standards. And this is really important when you're training your family, just like when you're training people at your job that you accept help, you have to let go. You have to actually let them do it. You have to ask and then you have to let them do it. So with training your family, ask yourself, what am I teaching them? How is that different from what I actually want to teach them? So if you're teaching them, I do everything myself, I don't need your help. Well, that's different from, I do need your help and I want to make some time and space in my life. So what do you need to do differently? Add that up for yourself and figure out what you need to ask for. That's what people training boils down to. How are you training people to treat you? How is that different from how you want to be treated? Make sense? So let's talk about a couple of people training pitfalls, things that I don't want you to be subject to. Important people training tip. You're going to have to say it more than once. You will have to say it more than one time. Okay. If you are telling your family, I am locking myself in the bathroom and I don't want to see you for an hour because I'm writing my book. Think about how many times you're going to have to say that. Probably every time for 30 days in a row. That's a, that's a random number. But it's going to be a lot. They're not going to remember. But you're training them both in your words and in your actions. Which brings me to pitfall number two would be not sticking with what you said. Once you say it, then you have to do it, right? So if you say, don't open that door unless there's blood, then when somebody comes and inevitably opens the door because they already forgot what you said, what do you have to do? You have to communicate it again. I'm writing, don't open that door unless you are bleeding, okay? If the person opens the door, and you just take care of whatever they need. They're like, you're like, oh, you know, it just be faster. I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just take care of it. What are you training them? You don't actually mean what you say. Okay. Same thing with your emails. If you say, I'm not going to answer emails on the weekends anymore, but then you still answer the emails on the weekend because of course they're still going to come in. You're teaching them. I don't mean what I say. So that's another layer of the training, right? You have to actually stick with what you say. 
And then last but not least in the pitfalls, you have to ask yourself this question. Am I using other people as an excuse? Let's go back to that book writing example. You say you wanna write your book and you say, oh, but my family like keeps interrupting me and I just can't get them to leave me alone. Is it really that you can't get them to leave you alone? Or is it that you finally, you know, like, Mel, I hear you. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to get the headphones. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to shut the door. And you do all that. And then you open the laptop and you're like, this is hard. This is kind of hard. And I don't, I don't know what to write. You know what? I think I need it. Is that my kid? Yes. I think that's my kid crying. The dog probably needs to go out. I forgot to let the dog out. And then you let yourself back out of the office. I'm sorry, the bathroom. Sorry, we're in the bathroom in this scenario. In that case, the other people were listening to the training, but you're training yourself with excuses. You're training yourself that you don't control anything around you. When the truth is, we have a lot more control than we give ourselves credit for, and we always control our response, okay? We don't control other people, but we control how we respond to other people. And a lot of times it's just that we won't ask for what we need. I was working with a coaching client who desperately needed alone time. Every evening she'd come home from work. She led a big team. She was tired. She had a difficult commute. She came home. What she wanted was 30 minutes of alone time. And she was like, but I can't because of my kids and the homework and my spouse needs a thing. And then the making dinner and all this stuff. But when it finally came down to it and she realized, yes, what she really truly did need was alone time. And it would make her a better mother and a better wife and just a better person because she wouldn't be so stressed out. All she had to do was ask her family. That's how easy it was for her. All she had to do was say from eight to 8.30, I'm gonna be in the living room. I'm gonna be by myself. Please don't interrupt me. If you need something out of the kitchen, get it now. Easy. She was shocked and almost, I don't wanna say ashamed, but she hung her head a little bit realizing how many years she had put up with all the, all the input and not getting the alone time when all she would have had to do was say, Shh. mommy's gonna be in the living room for 30 minutes, don't come in, right? You're training people all day, every day with your actions and with your words. So if you're frustrated, this is my challenge to you. Look at that area of frustration and ask, how am I training people to treat me right now? What am I saying by my words and my actions that this is okay? Even though really, truly, it's frustrating me. And then what do you need to do differently? What would you like to teach them? And how is that different from what you're doing now? Look at how you're training people and then think, how can I make a change? And if the communication part scares you, you can start with just the passive actions. I didn't go to my clients and say, I don't answer your emails on the weekends. I just didn't do it. And they got the hint. Every now and then I had a new client who, who needed to be told. But most of the time, they were just like, oh, it's okay. That's fine. Because I trained them that way. 
And you can do the same thing. You can start implementing people training today. And even though this is a long game, it's also a short game and you'll start seeing improvement right away. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, be sure and download the free Becoming Future You journal at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash journal.